New research out of the Norwegian University of Science and Technology finds that staying together might be good for your brain. They looked at the health of 150,000 people and found those who stayed married were at lower risk of dementia. Now, this should really come as absolutely no surprise, because ask any guy who's married, your wife never forgets anything. Am I right, guys? Am I right? Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, is it really a surprise that a majority of Americans say they could not afford a $1,000 emergency expense? Compounding the problem is the fact that inflation and rising interest rates are leaving us with less money to save. We'll break down the numbers. Also this morning, personal financial stress is taking its toll on worker productivity because it's hard to focus on work when you're constantly worried about money. Here's some things employers may want to know. In our high school basketball preview this morning, Finley head coach Jim Rookie talks about the Trojans' conference matchup with Oregon Clay tonight. And we have another collection of yummy and easy-to-make recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, January 27th, 2023. Really cool story that I saw uh, on the uh, Newswire. Actually, uh, this popped up yesterday on my uh, news feed, on my Google news feed that I check every now and then. And uh, I thought this was a really cool story. So I uh, found it on the Newswire here and get more details. The city of Detroit has begun demolishing the second hulking piece of what officials describe as the city's largest and most notorious abandoned auto factory. The former Packard automotive plant, a once innovative 20th century auto plant, stopped producing vehicles more than six decades ago, like in the late 50s. Um, and since then, the three and a half million square foot, 40 acre facility has slowly become an international symbol of Detroit's industrial decline because it was just left there to rot for 60-plus years. Along the way, the ruins attracted plenty of artists and filmmakers and vandals and urban explorers. City officials hope to have finally found a solution for the ravaged site. They're going to demolish most of it while actually saving a portion for development. Uh, the uh, mayor of Detroit, Mike Duggan, said in a written statement, every day the Packard plant sits here in this state is a day the neighborhood cannot move forward. We're going to just keep going until this eyesore is gone once and for all. They're uh, about 40 or 50 years too late on this, but at least it's being done. Govern Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year approved $12 million for the continued demolition, demolition of the facility. So that's... That's actually really cool. I like to see, you know, they're cleaning up that site and, and doing something about it in the uh, city of Detroit. It's long overdue. So uh, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Friday morning started. Um, this, who would have thought that, I mean, I know they say that everything old is new again and things go in cycles, fads and trends and everything go in cycles. But who would have thought that this would Make a comeback. 70-year-old Howard Bernstein of Long Island has noticed 
more younger teenagers joining his club for amateur radio fans, ham radio uh, fans. And the reason that there are younger kids joining this ham radio club is to learn Morse code, to learn Morse code. Now, I can't think of too many forms of communication that would be more outdated than Morse code. But of the 3,500 members in his club, while most are over 50, 400 members are teens and kids, and that number is growing. He says he saw a significant increase during the lockdown. I have no idea what is driving this, but uh, that is crazy. Kids wanting to learn Morse code. <laughs> wow. Just never would have guessed. Uh, let's see here. How about this? If you're, uh, if you got a little time on your hands, um, maybe you can go fishing for a mermaid. Uh, the canned fish company, Chicken of the Sea, whose mermaid mascot is prominently displayed on its cans and uh, packaging of its seafood products, is offering $1 million to the first person who can discover and prove the existence of the mermaid, the mythical mermaid creature. Um, they are offering, it says here, the, uh, they're offering a million dollar prize to those who can show that mer people do exist. Now, keep in mind that in order to win the cash, you would not only have to submit video evidence of the existence of a mermaid, but you would also have to arrange an interview between the mer person and the company's mermaid expert. They're not going to just take your word for it. They, they want to they want to have their mermaid expert sit down with this mer person and verify the whole thing. So you have to set that up. The rules also specify that any other mythic uh, any other mythical oceanic lake, river and or water dwelling creatures are not eligible. So, no Loch Ness Monster, no whatever. It's got to be a mermaid or a merman, a merperson. And all submissions must be sent in by the end of February. So they're not giving you a whole lot of time uh, on this. It seems like that is a very small window of opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, at least give us until the end of the year, you know? I mean, try and try and make this, try and make this fair. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, hey, million dollars, you're probably, probably just as likely to be able to claim that million dollars as you are to hit the Mega Millions jackpot, so, the Powerball jackpot or whatever. Why not? Uh, let's see, other items here among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. How about this? Engineers from the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology uh, in Australia are working on new recyclable technology that may allow your mobile phone batteries and presumably any other lithium-ion type battery. They power mobile phones and uh, laptop computers and cars, electric vehicles and all of that. This new technology they're working on may allow these batteries to last for nearly a decade, which is about three times longer than they do 
right now. You know that, I mean, if you've ever had a, a phone for a long time where it gets to the point where it won't hold a charge, you got to plug it in all the time. You know that over time, batteries degrade and they don't hold a charge. Uh, currently, only about 10% of handheld batteries, including those for phones, are recycled in Australia, which is a pretty low figure. The rest go into landfill landfills, which is harmful for the environment. Uh, the reason lithium is generally tossed into landfills is because it is very costly to recycle. However, this team's new innovation may help change that and make those uh, batteries last for nearly a decade before you even have to deal with them. So that's pretty cool. I, I don't know how the mobile phone industry, you know, Apple and Samsung and, you know, all of the uh, mobile Motorola and all of those uh, phone makers feel about the idea of <laughs> making the batteries last for a decade. That's one of the uh, reasons why we go out and buy new ones every couple of years. So I don't know that they'll be too thrilled with that news, but the rest of us, I think, will find that uh, pretty good news. And uh, I saw this I that gave me a kind of a chuckle, again, among the uh, most interesting buzzworthy stories of the day earlier this week uh, they announced the oscar nominations the uh, nominations for the academy awards and the entertainment company a24 uh, is certainly relishing in their big moment after their film everything everywhere all at once dominated the uh, nominations with 11 nods overall more than any other film this year but as it turns out <laughs> the Oscar Mayer hot dog brand missed out on their big shot. Apparently, Oscar Mayer failed to respond to a direct message uh, that the filmmakers sent back in February of 2022. Uh, they were seeking a potential collaboration. I guess I haven't seen the movie, but uh, one of the most iconic scenes uh, involves hot dogs. And so they reached out to Oscar Mayer, said we have an upcoming film that uh, features hot dogs in a pivotal scene. And if you're open to it, we'd love to discuss a fun collaborative project that we have in mind. And we couldn't think of a better partner than Oscar Mayer. But the company never responded. They just ignored the message. I don't know if they didn't see it or they just ignored it. The then upcoming film happened to be everything everywhere all at once. And uh, <laughs> so the filmmakers say, are saying that Oscar Mayer might have made the worst, <laughs> worst decision by not responding to the pitch. Um, I am reminded if you're old enough to remember the movie E.T. when it was the global box office phenomenon that it was. And, uh, the tie-in with Reese's Pieces. Uh, the uh, filmmaker Steven Spielberg had, had initially approached M&M's to use M&M's in the film because E.T. the alien uh, discovers that he likes the little candies and that's how uh, the boy Elliot leads him back to his, his house by leaving a trail of Reese's Pieces as it turned out in the, in the film. M&M's actually turned down the opportunity to tie in with the film Apparently, they didn't think too highly of the film, and uh, so they said, no thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. And so they went to uh, Reese's and used the Reese's Pieces, which were fairly new on the market at the time, 
And uh, lo and behold, the film becomes a, an international sensation and sales of Reese's Pieces went through the roof. And the M&Ms were left uh, <laughs> with egg on their face, as it were. And here are the uh, same thing <laughs> with everything everywhere all at once. And a missed opportunity for Oscar Mayer. I just thought that was kind of funny. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. A chance of a few more snow showers today. It'll be windy, a high of 35. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 29. Police in Fostoria say they arrested a man in connection with a drive-by shooting. Officers that responded to the 400 block of West Tiffin Street found numerous bullet holes in the residence, along with several spent shell casings along the street. Police later pulled over and arrested a 25-year-old Finley man in connection with the shooting. He was charged with tampering with evidence and booked to the Seneca County Jail. Further felony charges, including discharging a firearm into a habitation, are pending based on further investigation. With the recent announcement of the largest payout by a public university in Ohio history from Bowling Green State University to the family of Stone Foltz, a BGSU student who died after a fraternity hazing ritual, there is renewed interest in a law on Ohio's books that's meant to prevent hazing. Hazing is a felony here in Ohio, thanks to Collins Law, which went into effect in 2021. We asked the Foltz family attorney about the law's impact so far. I think that Collins Law goes a very long way towards education, transparency, mandatory reporting, and elevating criminal penalties. The law was named after Colin Wyant, who died after a hazing incident at Ohio University back in 2018. I'm Yolanda Harris. A big corruption trial that got underway in Cincinnati this week is on hold. The racketeering trial of former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder and former Ohio Republican Party Chair Matt Borges has been halted for the rest of the week after a member of the jury tested positive for COVID-19. Opening statements were Monday in the trial, expected to last up to six weeks. It's scheduled to resume on Monday. Dave James, Owen and News. The former director of the Finley-Hancock County Public Library, Jeff Winkle, has been appointed to the board of the State Library of Ohio. Winkle says he's honored to serve on the State Library of Ohio board, saying the State Library's professional staff, effective services to libraries, and grant assistance are major reasons why Ohio's libraries continuously rank among the nation's best. Winkle retired from the Finley-Hancock County Public Library in 2020 after 21 years of service, including 11 as director. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So as recession worries grow and inflation continues to impact day-to-day expenses, a new bank rate report finds that the majority of U.S. adults, 57% to be exact, would currently be unable to afford a $1,000 emergency expense. This at a time when three out of four are saving less due to a variety of factors. Bankrate senior economic analyst Mark Hamrick joins us once again. Mark, not a big shock that a $1,000 emergency expense would be a backbreaker for many people. This has been true for quite some time. Well, Chris, good to be with you. I think, uh, you know, if I were to put together a documentary for Netflix about uh, our combined household finances in this country, it might also have a thread about the way we manage our federal budget, I think it would be paycheck to paycheck. That would be the title. Yeah. And uh, you're right. That has been the case for a number of years now. Uh, the other part of that is, you know, how these statistics sort of pile up in the near term 
are indicative with respect to uh, the ability of Americans to, um, you know, sort of plow through the current experience. And we know that we've been through quite a lot over the last three years, beginning with the pandemic that mm-hmm. sent the unemployment rate spiraling higher, inflation over the past two years. So to your point, only 43% of Americans tell us that they could pay an emergency expense of $1,000 or more from savings. And that's concerning. Uh, you know, collectively, we hope that we can do better than that going forward. What is especially concerning uh, in, in this particular uh, survey is that this trend where 74% say that they are saving less because they're either making less and or spending more, not of their own volition. But again, if we can't afford a $1,000 emergency expense as it is, and we're saving less, that doesn't uh, certainly bode well for uh, optimism moving forward. Well, you know, there's uh, this is uh, uh, truly a situation where the glass may be just a little less than half full and a little more than half empty. So we do want to celebrate the fact that we had those 43% who said they could do it. Right. Uh, but we'd like to encourage people out there who have not been able to save enough for an emergency expense. And let's remember that it's typically the uh, you know broad advice for people to try to have expenses covering three to six months worth in the bank. So $1,000 is hardly that. We're, that's sort of a, a would-be minimum point to begin the discussion. Right. And the other part is, Chris, uh, at this point in time, uh, while we might be sort of um, not entirely thrilled about the fact that interest rates have been rising since last March, one of the upsides of that is that the return on savings now is uh, really uh, the best we've seen in well over a decade. So if you're using um, a high-yield savings account, if you're searching for uh, a savings vehicle that will pay the best return, not just take something that's average, but uh, get something where you can get a yield of 4% or better, uh, you know, you're self-insuring against that emergency expense, which we all end up enduring at one point or the other, right. but also getting a better return on your investment. You know, one of the other uh, data points uh, to make mention of uh, in your latest survey that I think worth uh, worth highlighting, and again, it's probably not all that surprising, is that younger people are more worried about this than are those in their 50s and up, because they are, in many cases, not as financially stable, but older Americans are worried, too. Yeah, and this is uh, a little bit of a different question than the savings, uh, you know, regarding the $1,000, where we asked people, um, you know, how worried would they be if they were to face a sudden loss of income or employment mm-hmm. uh, regarding the impact on their personal finances? And broadly, 68% are worried about their ability to cover their living expenses uh, for an entire month. And to your point, those who are earlier in their lives and their career trajectories are most worried about that, including 85% of members of Gen Z. Remember, that's those age 18 to 26, 79% mm-hmm. of millennials, which is all the way up to age 42, and even 53% of boomers age 53 to 77. So this cuts across a wide swath here. And by the way, women more worried than men. Uh, women, uh, you know, maybe because they broadly speaking, don't have, um, they're not paid as much in, mm-hmm. in general as men are. And uh, very often if there's uh, an issue at home, as we saw during the pandemic and the lockdowns and, and the going to school, not an option, very often women are the people who have to uh, 
sort of uh, plug that gap, so yeah. to speak. So uh, with all of that said, I mean, one of the things that you were mentioning a little bit earlier, for those who can save, the upside is that uh, rising interest rates mean, in many cases, you can get a little bit better return. So right. what, do we, what do we do to sort of counterbalance that? I mean, we have all of this data here. Uh, how do we uh, fix this problem? Yeah. Well, the basic advice, first of all, is to have a dedicated savings account for emergency savings. This isn't money that we want to put in the stock market because that's hard to get to. You can lose your principal there as well. Uh, so you want to have that uh, protected uh, and you want to have that cash liquid, meaning that you can get to it you know, in a day's time or 48 hours time. And so the way to do that is to set up a direct deposit, uh, the money that comes straight out of your paycheck. You can have that part of that going into your main account where you pay your bills, but also have the one for emergency savings. Uh, and then also, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, continue to build on that. And we need, we need to be able to chew gum uh, and walk at the same time. So by that, I mean that, yes, we need to pay our bills. We need to build our emergency savings. We need to save for retirement. And if someone's saying, hey, wait a minute, I just don't have that money right now, then I'd, I'd have a couple of other pieces of advice. I'd say, first of all, the job market broadly remains robust. The unemployment rate's still at 3.5%. Still more job openings out there than there are people to fill those jobs. Mm -hmm. And even people who are currently employed are getting wage increases that are somewhat substantial and, and inflation's actually falling now on a month over month basis. So between, you know, having a budget, identifying where we can try to save, you know, don't buy the most expensive options at the grocery store and that includes prepared food or ready to cook food. We might need to spend a little more time on a Sunday before we go to work for the week like I do, uh preparing meals for the week. I'm the grocery shopper and chief uh, cook and bottle washer here. Mm -hmm. My wife does everything else in the house. And, uh, you know, we try to save where we can. And, and that way we can spend the money on uh, things that are a little bit more fun. You know? And as you alluded to before, the one thing that we do know is that we can expect the unexpected. More, uh, more people, uh, as a result, are uh, turning to credit cards as a way to cover those unexpected and yeah. emergency expenses, uh, which is another data point. And I'm kind of reminded of something that uh, Dave Ramsey is fond of pointing out, that when you're in a financial bind, that's the worst time to go further into debt. So you really have to be careful there. Well, you do. And, uh, you know, credit cards are a great tool, but like a hammer, they could be used to build or they can build, <laughs> injure yourself with right. them. And, and uh, you know, credit card interest rates right now are the highest we've seen. Uh, right now, this week at bank rate, uh, new offers for the best qualified individuals uh, for credit cards are almost uh, almost exactly 20% on an annual interest rate uh, basis. And so uh, that interest can really pile up if we aren't able to pay it or opt not to pay it during the current billing cycle within a month. And so, uh, yeah, it is an option, but it can be an expensive option. And, uh, you know, if you're facing a prolonged period of unemployment or a very large emergency expense, that can get costly very quickly. And to your point, Chris, you know, uh, unexpected uh, is to be expected, whether we're a homeowner, whether we have some sort of incident in our lives that forces us to go to the emergency room or it's a car repair. Uh, these things do happen. It's just a question of when and uh, how costly will they be. Again, Bankrate Senior Economic Analyst Mark Hamrick with us this morning, uh, breaking all these numbers down. We'll have a link up for more information at our webpage as well. Mark, thanks very much for taking the time. As always, we appreciate it. Chris, it's my great pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Well, as we were talking about a little earlier, the rising cost of everything these days has many Americans stressed. And that stress can manifest itself in many ways, including some we might not expect. According to a new survey from the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, nearly 7 in 10 millennials and Gen Z Americans say financial stress negatively affects their productivity at work. NAPFA board chair Jeff Jones joins us now. And Jeff, given that the biggest buzzword in business right now is productivity, we need workers to be as productive uh, as possible. Clearly, that's not happening. Uh, If you look at this survey, this should sound alarm bells for business owners and managers. Absolutely. I mean, some of this is coming from not just uh, millennials, but about nine in 10 American workers say they're stressed about finances. Nothing surprising about that. Uh, What is a little surprising is they, they're starting to look to their employer to offer financial wellness benefits. I mean, we're, we're used to hearing about employers offering, seeing them offering medical, vision, dental. Some are beginning to offer psychological and mental wellness services. But employers are missing a very significant part of the American workers' mindset, and that is financial wellness. And so it's, it's a bit foreign to employers to think about how do we um, improve financial wellness for our employees because so many of them are sitting around the office thinking about financial problems. That's yeah, that is what is on their mind at work and it is uh, affecting their uh, quality of work and their productivity at work, as we said. So what do workers say that they need uh, in order to support their financial security? Well, it's going to be different from employee to employee, but workers are, um, are, are situated to benefit from working with a financial advisor. Now, this is what becomes quite foreign for employers is the idea of bringing in a financial planner to work with their employees. But there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of frustration about inflation. And uh, what we've saw is that uh, almost half of American workers have lowered what they're saving in the retirement accounts because they need the money at home due to inflated prices. Mm -hmm. Now, all of that being said, uh, I can hear many employers say, hey, I'm stretched to the limit on how much I can afford to spend on labor. Uh, I'm offering a 401k plan. Uh, How much more can I do? They have their own stresses that they're dealing with, employers do. So how much of this uh, ultimately uh, will land on workers themselves to balance inflation and save for retirement and so on. And how do they do that? Yeah, no, you're right. Most of this actually falls to the consumer, the American worker, to to kind of go this on their own and figure it out or to engage for services. And um, I think that's why they're looking to the employers because they feel themselves like and- they are unable in their household engage. And to be fair, uh, just to interject, to be fair, uh, it also falls in employers uh, or on employees if your employer does offer you uh, this uh, opportunity to work with a a financial planner. It it, it requires you to actually do that, to actually uh, avail yourself of that benefit. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, There's a surprising number of workers who don't even realize their employer offers a 401k. This may be worth a call to human resources, whoever your benefits officer is, to ensure that you are taking full advantage. There could be um, counseling services that is paid for by uh, your group plan or your health care plan. 
and and you're going to have to take the initiative to figure that out. And if if it doesn't, if it isn't offered, there are fee models out there from financial planners um, that may fit. Uh, some of the, some planners are offering hourly planning. So this the, the the financial planning profession has changed drastically over the last decade, and it's quite often that the, you know the misconception that well this is only for wealthy people, and that's mm-hmm. simply not true. Um, yeah. Any anyone can benefit from financial planning, but they have to find a planner that's offering a model that works for them. So they may be able to sit down for an hour with the planner, pay for that fee, and find money in their budget on discretionary items that that advisor or planner can tell them, this is where you have trouble. This is a problem area. You really need to cut back spending on entertainment or dining out. So the message uh, is, number one, check to see if this is available through your employer, if this benefit is uh, is available. And uh, if so, uh, you know, avail yourself of that. Uh, but even if it is not, uh, then how do folks get um, reliable financial guidance? I mean, the word is reliable because there's all kinds of gui- guidance out there with mm-hmm. a Google search, not always reliable. Uh, mm-hmm. Reliable, unbiased. What advice can you share for picking a reliable, unbiased financial planner? Uh, I would say there are two words you need to know. Um, one is, uh, fiduciary, the other is fee only. Um, fiduciary says that, that that planner has to put your interests first as their client before themselves and that of their company. And fee only is a reference to how those planners are compensated. Because there's, there's typically three models of compensation out there. Uh, you have where they're investing for you and earning commissions. So they're putting you in a um, in a mutual fund and they're making money because they placed you there. Mm-hmm. You have fee-based, which is quite a confusing term where they may sell you a product that pays them a fee or commission. Fee only says you're paying only for the advice that that planner is giving you. And that's where NAPFA comes in, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. We are a, a group of four, uh, excuse me, 4,500 planners across the country we have a great tool on the website. It'll be the very first thing you see. You go to napfa.org, it's N-A-P-F-A.org. You enter in your zip code, and therein you're going to get a list of fee-only fiduciary advisors in your area. And if there isn't one close by, there are many advisors that work remotely, so that would be another great question to ask when you're interviewing a planner. And again, this uh, can make a world of difference because, uh, as we said, this is impacting uh, work productivity. It's uh, manifesting itself, this stress over financial questions and financial worries uh, is impacting us in a number of ways. For employers, it's a way to get the best out of your employees. And for workers, it's a way to do your job better and, you know, and, and be a better employee and thus a more valuable employee, which obviously will will benefit you in the long run. Uh, again, uh, Jeff Jones is the uh, board chair of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Mention again that website, Jeff, where folks can get more information. That is napfa.org, N-A-P-F-A.org for more information. Thank you, Chris.
Here we are on the cusp of another high school basketball weekend, another weekend of hoops action. The Trojans tonight will host a conference matchup against Oregon Clay. On Wednesday of this week, our John Marshall spoke with Finlay head coach Jim Rookie on the coach's corner. Last Friday, it was a five-point loss to Whitmer, a team that you beat by four in the first meeting. What was the difference in this game? Well, you know, they, they had one of their better players. He was sick the first time, and he, he did a really nice job for him this time. Uh, I thought we played at a really high level, competed very well, and uh, had a little bad spurt uh, in the late third quarter where they they hit some shots, and we went cold, and uh, but we executed really well most of that game. And, you know, I thought we uh, played about as well as we can we we missed some shots in a, in a streak there but uh overall i've been pretty happy with uh, the way we've come out and played against good teams here the last month and toledo central catholic the first game with them you fell by 24 last night the difference 14 though still a loss did you have a better game this time around to account for the closer score yeah, I think so, especially the first two and a half quarters. I thought we played pretty well. We were right there with them. Uh, they, they were the better team. They they have a really nice team. They're, 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 they put five guys out there who all uh, are very athletic, uh, can defend. They make it tough on you one-on-one to, 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 to do anything. Uh, they all can score. They all can get to the rim. Just not a great matchup for us, obviously, uh, but uh, I thought, you know, we were right there until about the middle of the third quarter, and they they shot the ball really well. You have to tip your hat to them for that. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll just have to learn a few things from that game and, and hopefully continue to get better. The game plan for Oregon Clay, you topped the Eagles by 17 at their place on January 3rd. As I recall, they have some good athletes, maybe not necessarily great basketball players, but uh, some fellas who can do some things just with their athleticism. What do you need to do to have a repeat of the outcome this week? Well, we need to play the way we've been playing for the most part uh, with the, with the uh, intensity and, and competitiveness. I didn't think we, we weren't at our best that game up there. We weren't as sharp as, as we've been for the, you know, the OG game, Lima, St. John's, Whitmer. Uh, you know, if, if we can come out and play with that, focus and uh and uh, intensity you know uh, we'll, we'll we'll be okay but we have to make sure we do that they have some guys who can score they scored 66 i think on whitmer uh so we have to be ready to play our best and continue to keep getting better eight games over the last 22 days that's kind of a grind here in the middle of the season now you play this friday then not again until friday the third of february at fremont ross is this a chance to get back to fundamentals maybe see if you can't end this three-game slide well we try to never leave the fundamentals right. but uh you know we will next week it will for the be the first time in in more than a month to have you know three days in a row of practice or four actually before we play a game you know we've been you know we've been playing and then you have a couple days and you don't want to go too hard the day before and you know then we play again a few days later and you just continue in that cycle so i'm looking forward to next week where 
week in practice, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days in a row, and be able to go hard a couple of those days and really, really work on some things that we need to get better at. Again, uh, John Marshall speaking with uh, Findlay Trojans head coach Jim Rookie on the Coach's Corner earlier this week. The Trojans will host that conference matchup with Oregon Clay tonight, and you will hear it right here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Uh, airtime right about uh, 7.15 or thereabouts uh, from uh, Findlay High School. And then later on uh, tonight, by the way, uh, the uh, I'm going to check and see who they're playing. The Blue Jackets are, again, uh, continuing their Canadian trip. Uh, they will be at Vancouver uh, tonight. So right after the uh, Finley high school game, basketball game, we'll segue right into uh, Blue Jackets hockey tonight here on WFIN. Meanwhile, other action uh, on our family of stations. Uh, on 100.5 WKXA tonight, BBC action as Arlington travels to Riverdale. And over on 106.3 The Fox, Ottawa Glendorf is at Salina tonight and back at home hosting Rossford tomorrow. And you'll hear both of those games on 106.3 The Fox this weekend. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Police in Maryland are investigating an unusual theft from an antique store earlier this week. Officials in Montgomery County hope the release of store security video footage will lead them to the suspect who made off with a larger-than-life gorilla statue from the Design Emporium. (laughs) A full-size gorilla statue was stolen. Apparently, that's the only thing that was stolen. The video shows a man pulling up in his truck, cutting the cable that was securing the statue to the front of the store, and then loading the massive item into his truck bed before fleeing the scene. (laughs) A reward of $10,000 being offered for information in the case. Why do I get the feeling that alcohol was involved in this somehow? I'm just guessing that uh, somebody was sitting around with his buddies having a few cold ones, and he says, here, hold my beer. (laughs) Meanwhile, elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a nun is being praised for stopping a robbery attempt in western New York. Happened at the Response to Love Poverty Center in Buffalo. Sister Mary Janice is the director of the center, which provides food, care, and other services to the needy. She said she heard a noise outside and saw a stepladder out of place. When she opened the door, one would-be robber fled while the other was forced to jump off the roof after she knocked the ladder down. (laughs) She saw the guy on the roof and knocked the ladder down. Now I've got you trapped. Well, he jumped off the roof. Uh, she, She said, get out. This is God's property. And he did. <laughs> you go, girl. I love it. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the broken news, story out of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, where Sean Denning has been accused of dealing methamphetamine and cocaine for over a year, allegedly using an encrypted messaging app called Wicker to arrange his drug deals. 
Mr. Denning now faces six federal charges for activities performed between June of 2021 and October of last year. He allegedly told an undercover informant that Wicker was how all the heavy hitters conduct business, unquote. He also sent a menu detailing the price of various drugs uh, that he had uh, offered up for sale, according to uh, court documents. Now, what makes you may be wondering what makes this uh, part of the uh, broken news? Well, it should be pointed out that as a result of his alleged drug dealing activities, Mr. Denning is no longer employed as the police chief of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> the police chief. <laughs> Ain't no more. He's out of a job. <clears throat> a Connecticut man has been charged with breach of peace because he had the audacity to steal his neighbor's cat. Uh, this in Newtown, Connecticut, uh, where the cat stealing drama is apparently a uh, result of a neighborhood dispute. Um, Apparently, uh, resident, other residents in the neighborhood ratted out 56-year-old James Doyle for trying to lure a woman's cat into his home, his neighbor's cat. Uh, the, uh, the man eventually did steal the kitty, thus prompting police intervention. Police responded to the cat owner's home. The woman told them about how Mr. Doyle tried to put his paws on her pet multiple times and her repeated attempts to tell him off. Police recalled a second time after neighbors caught Mr. Doyle apparently trying to kidnap the lady's pet again. The cat's owner told police that she again tried telling Mr. Doyle to leave her animal be, but this time he picked up the cat and flipped her the bird before disappearing inside his home. Mr. Doyle told authorities he already released the cat, but he was arrested and charged with breach of peace. He'll have to explain himself to a judge next week. What would possess a person to steal their neighbor's cat? I mean, what? That seems like a, a really long, drawn-out saga over a cat. I mean, just go to the shelter and get one of your own, you know? Just... And finally, the broken news this morning. Another animal story. And I don't know what you make of this, but maybe it's not robots that'll take over the world. Maybe it's the fish. People Magazine reporting a Japanese social media influencer, social media star, was the victim of credit card fraud and the culprit, his pet fish. The incident happened when a Japanese gamer by the name of Mutikimaru was live streaming on YouTube, as he often does. Apparently, his channel is somewhat famous uh, on YouTube because... He has rigged his Nintendo Switch to let his fish play video games. Yeah, the uh, game uses motion detection to track where his fish move around the tank, and it inputs commands to the game according to where the fish swim. Thus, the fish is playing the video game. And apparently this is very popular. People uh, kind of have fun with this uh, online. So this is... Uh, what happened, the incident occurred when the fish were playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. The game crashed, but the fish kept swimming. The motion detection software followed their fins and opened up the Nintendo Store, 
where, where the fish purchased a new game for three dollars and eighty five cents <laughs> on uh, Mutikamaru's credit card. The fish also ex- exposed his credit card information to all of those watching. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Mr. Mutikamaru eventually learned what had happened and cleared things up with Nintendo and presumably with his credit card company. <laughs> That's... Maybe it's our fish that are going to take over the world. This fish was a little too smart for his own good. <laughs> no word on whether the fish will be prosecuted uh, for the uh, crime of uh, identity theft or credit card fraud. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. It seems that a majority of Americans are just not into their jobs. As according to a new Gallup poll, fully half of those surveyed said that they were not engaged in their work. 18% say they were actively disengaged, meaning that they are disgruntled and disloyal. Part of the problem seems to be the fallout from the pandemic. Remember, uh, back in the early days, many people felt that their employers really cared about their well-being and were showing flexibility and empathy. Well, those good feelings have apparently dissipated now and we just don't feel the same way about our jobs anymore kind of interesting in a separate survey i thought this was kind of interesting because if again if we're not engaged in our current jobs maybe uh, we may be looking for a change what would your dream job be according to google searches the top three most desired jobs globally are pilot writer and dancer They looked at over 200 job types and discovered the most searched for gigs and broke it down then by country. Pilot was number one in the United States and Canada. We think that would be the greatest job of all. Writer uh, was the top job search in many European, African, and Asian countries. Uh, Other top worldwide contenders included poet, YouTube influencer, (laughs) And attorney. Huh. Uh, And some other unique results. In Egypt, the most desired job is football coach. I would guess world football, soccer. Uh, And in China, dietitian was the number one most sought after job. Hmm. My wife Kyra has joined us in the studio this morning. And... I have to mention, we are a house divided coming into the weekend. Uh, Once again, for the second straight year, it is my Bengals and her Chiefs for the AFC Championship. 
and nearly half of the oh, states. We were we were we looking at this. them last night. We were looking at this yesterday. <laughs> nearly half of the states across the country are rooting for my Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl. Twenty-four twenty. It's um, not by that much. <laughs> <laughs> the other states. <laughs> Actually, according to according to the uh, hashtag data compiled oh, by okay. Bet Online. Uh, Twitter fan support. They uh, analyzed hashtag data. They the number they came up uh, with was twenty three for the Bengals okay. and nineteen for 19. Kansas City. So. But Hawaii, I counted. Well, Hawaii. I don't know, but you, okay. like we said, we counted twenty four yeah, and twenty. That's true. That's true. So uh, so maybe or we were 20, off by twenty two and twenty or yeah. whatever it well, was. The it, red and orange. I mean, they look you, they, they look, look close. a lot alike. Yeah, and, in the map. And there's so. a couple of the yeah spots. But that's what it says. Yeah. Twenty three for <laughs> okay. uh, the Bengals. Nineteen for Kansas. Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, only okay. six states are rooting for Philadelphia, okay. and only two for San Francisco. San Francisco. So, either way, we got them beat. We got those turkeys beat. <laughs> and and you're not voting for San Francisco? That's like one of your favorite I was, teams. No. <laughs> uh, as a Bengals fan, <laughs> I have said this before, I want to see San Francisco yep. and Cincinnati, Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, so we can finally beat those turkeys this time. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. It's a but anyway. beat down. <laughs> uh, my uh, wife, Kyra. I the Chiefs, so. Yep, she is a uh, Chiefs fan, so uh, we'll be uh, splitting our loyalties this weekend. And yes, we've got we a uh, collection of recipes here from uh, Kyra's kitchen. Um, I usually have a copy of these, and I don't. I don't oh, have my. Here, oh, here we go. Sorry, thank you. My bad. Um, <laughs> usually, I have a copy of what we are, are doing here, and these would be uh, maybe good for yeah. you know your oh, yeah. game watching party, yeah, your Bengals cheering party. Um, we have first up uh, some chicken stuffed sweet potatoes. Yes. So this is two cooked sweet potatoes, one large chicken breast, a half a teaspoon of Italian seasoning, a half a teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, one tablespoon Worcestershire sauce, a quarter cup of barbecue sauce, two tablespoons of balsamic dressing, salt to taste, uh, half of a run red onion finely diced, uh, cheese is optional, dill pickle relish optional, and uh, jalapeno, pickled jalapenos, optional. The, these are all yeah, toppings. If you really want some, yeah. If you, know, you really want some <laughs> kick, so uh, uh, cook your sweet potatoes however you desire. Uh, place your chicken seasoning, barbecue sauce dressing in the crock pot. Cook on low for four to five hours, or on high two to three hours. Once chicken is completely cooked, shred with a fork. Serve the barbecue chicken in the cooked. Sweet potatoes with your toppings, your red onions, your your so little like, bit of salt, cheese, relish, whatever you want, and enjoy. Yeah, so it's like a loaded loaded baked, baked potato, potato, but with, uh, with barbecue chicken. Chicken, and yeah. uh, uh, by the way, again, sweet potatoes in the yes. recipe, but you could do baked potatoes yeah. as well. You could, yeah, because I I'm more of a baked potato baked person, potatoes. so you did baked potatoes for me, and, right? And I think I you did had a sweet, sweet potato. potato. Yeah, um, it was yummy. Yeah. It was absolutely yummy. So the chicken stuffed sweet potatoes or baked potatoes yes to go with that a uh, recipe for cream cheese tortilla bites yes so six medium eight inch tortillas uh eight ounce cream cheese room temperature two tablespoons of everything seasoning divided and two tablespoons of butter so divide equally uh spread the cream cheese easily Evenly over the top of the tortillas, mm-hmm. uh, sprinkle each with a teaspoon of seasoning, roll up and cut into one inch bites. Th- 
then in a large fry pan, melt your butter butter over medium heat. Add the bites, cook for one to two minutes or until golden brown, flip and repeat on the opposite side, mm. and then serve warm. Yeah, that is, uh, that'd yeah. be yell- yummy. Yeah. Good finger food yes. for, uh, you for know, the your football, football game. parties. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then uh, for dessert, we have chewy gingerbread bars. Yes. So this is three fourths cup of butter melted, one cup sugar. A quarter cup of molasses, one egg, two cups of flour, two table, two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of ginger, and a half a teaspoon of cloves. And then your frosting is four ounce cream cheese, uh, just a half a brick, softened, two tablespoons of butter, softened, two cups of powdered sugar, one tablespoon of milk, and a half a teaspoon of vanilla, and then a dash of salt if you like. Okay. Um, so pour the melted butter, sugar, and molasses into a mixer or a large mixing bowl. Uh, beat until well combined. Add the eggs, beat until smooth. And then in a separate bowl, toss together all your dry ingredients. Then the dry ingredients then go into the wet ingredients. Uh, and then beat that just until combined. Then spread that into a prepared nine by nine, nine by nine pan. Um, and then you're going to have to press it down because it's going to be almost kind of dough, dough. Doughy. Yeah. 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 Okay. So bake at 350 for 15 to 20 minutes. Do not overbake. It's like almost like a brownie. So um, stick a toothpick in the center. If it comes out clean, take it out, uh, remove from the pan from the oven, and let it cool completely. Um, then you can frost it after uh, it's um, cooled completely. So with your frosting, just combine all of your ingredients, um, whip that up, spread that on top of the... Um, uh, bars after they are completely cooled. Mm-hmm. And then if you want, you can refrigerate it for about an hour. Um, that just kind of just puts it all together and, and kind of, okay. yeah. Right. yeah, Kind of solidifies yeah, it a bit. Yeah, solidifies it and, and uh, then cut and serve and store leftovers in the fridge or freezer. Very good. Yes. So gingerbread. It's not just yes. for Christmas anymore. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, recipes for the chicken stuffed sweet potatoes, the cream cheese tortilla bites, and the chewy gingerbread bars yeah. all can be found at gingerbread the... Gingerbread just goes with sweet potatoes. I don't know. I just, it's, you know, okay. the thing. All right. Yeah. It's so. just, it's, you know, this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can have gingerbread whenever. I you love do. gingerbread. You love gingerbread. I love gingerbread. That's why I did this, because you know, I love a, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, I know it's a Christmas treat, but yes. I love gingerbread anytime. Yes. So there you go. Uh, all of those recipes are posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. We also have a link up at our webpage at goodmornings.net. So you can check them out there. And uh, again, my wife, Kyra. Their recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. Go Chiefs. Had to get that in. Go Bengals. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, part of the Hancock Leadership Program involves taking on a service project to benefit the entire community. And this year's class has chosen to honor veterans and fallen service members. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.